0: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, along with horse-friendly courses and people, we've got Catherine Chrisley-Schreiber again, who's from Dharma Horse. Catherine's been on before. If you haven't um, heard from her, you don't know about Dharma Horse and their um, whole project and the aims and everything that they do, just go to horsechats.com, search for Catherine, and it's K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, Or just go for Dharma Horse and you'll find out some more information about Catherine. And um, hopefully you'll listen to that first and then come back to this one if you haven't heard of it. Otherwise, just keep going if you're driving and listen to Catherine. But I'm sure you'll find her story quite interesting. How are you today, Catherine?
1: I'm doing quite well. It's been an interesting summer in New Mexico. (laughs) Okay, okay, because we haven't had a chat for a while. That's right. What's happened over the summer then? We have been blessed by some patrons who helped us purchase another piece of property for the sanctuary, Yep. and we have set up a track system, and we have uh, an in-ground pool that's in need of repair that we're going to set up for water therapy for the horses. Just a lot of things that are very exciting for helping the horses.
0: Okay, perfect. Now, the program Bonded Horsemanship, what's that about?
1: Oh, this is a heart and breath oriented way of connecting with horses and seeing them as sentient beings instead of uh, tools for us to use or misuse. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Now, this time we're going to talk about 10 parts of a simple system caring for and handling horses. And this system empowers owners and soothes horses through compassion and understanding, which I think, you know, just going back and listening to your previous chat, I think that's you just through and through. You know, you're really out there, you're an advocate for the horse, you're really, really pushing home to look at the world from the horse's point of view. So, you know, I've got to congratulate you on that. That's a brilliant thing for the horse industry. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to talk about care and we've got sort of 10 points that we will go through, but the water, you know, the water is important, but tell us a bit more about the water and why it's important and just chat a bit more about that.
1: You bet. The thing that happens with our horses is that, if we expect to have relationship with them, we need to provide for their bodies first and make sure that they're strong and healthy. And the most important nutrient a horse receives is water. And the water needs to be from as pure a source as possible. And then um, we can do things to enhance that purity by using barley straw, you know, in the bottom of water tanks. We can take a, a copper pipe and coil it and put it in the bottom of a tank. That helps to keep the water cleaner. It also adds a kind of energy to it. It's like you can work a garden with steel tools and they tend to draw energy out of the soil. But if you work a garden with copper tools, you put energy into the soil. And the same thing can happen with the horses. We can use a a lot of different ways to enhance the health of that water. Because the horse needs water to break down nutrients, so that they can they dissolve and can be used by the body, brought up into the bloodstream. The water is used to cool the horse. Uh, we're in the summer right now here, and we've been 104, 108 degrees Fahrenheit, and the horses, thank goodness, they sweat, but they sweat like crazy, and they gotta have enough water to drink to be able to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Now, we know that the water is important, but not just water. We've got forage. What have you got to say about that? What do you use at Dharma Horse, and um, what would you promote to others?
1: What we tend to rely on is what the horse is naturally uh, designed to do, to eat and, and to maintain the good health. And a horse is a browser. So in a natural environment, they will be eating 20 hours out of 24 and they'll be eating grasses and herbs and things that come across mm-hmm. as, as they forage. So we tend to base all of our, because we're in the desert, it's our hay, we don't yep. have the pasture, mm-hmm. but we base it on grass mixes and when uh, we can, we have legumes, uh, here it's alfalfa, I know it's it's called Lucerne, yep. um, other places. And we find that a very useful addition to the grass base, and we uh, sometimes feed seeds. The horse will find seeds and bark and things when it's foraging. With this kind of base for the diet, the horse's digestion is enhanced, and they need to be grazing or, you know, you're feeding to them all through the day so that there's something in their stomach. Did you know that horses uh, don't have gallbladders? Mm. Their liver... Secretes the bile for digestion directly into the stomach all through the day, where other animals and like us, um, we have a gallbladder that regulates that so that when food comes into the stomach, the the bile is is secreted then. But the horse has it going constantly. That's why horses that exist on really rich, high grain-based um, um, diets that are are created by man rather than by nature, they tend to get ulcers and things because their digestion is not going properly. So we like uh, all kinds of different grasses. And if if we lived where we had pastures, we would grow pastures with that in mind.
0: Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Now, what about minerals? What type of minerals do you give and how important are they?
1: Well, we tend to do because uh, the entire body is built by minerals. Now, I know by vitamins as well, but they tend to fuel and work with the, the cellular structure in a different way. The minerals are the components that create the bone, the hoof, the hair, um, excuse me, many, many things. We believe that the body takes what it needs from food sources mm-hmm. and by isolating nutrients and and using medications, they can be overdosed. But if we tend to give things from a food source, we we have a Better way that the horse takes it up, like uh, calcium from the alfalfa or lucerne. Yep, yeah, uh, it's a, a high calcium diet. So that's a very good thing to add to build the, the bones in a like a uh, gestating, lactating mare or growing foal. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. phosphorus is more too because that ratio should be like two calcium to one phosphorus to to one to one. We provide our phosphorus from wheat bran and we love it and we find it to be so useful. We do it in bran mashes. We live in a place where we have uh, phosphorus deficient soil. So by feeding the wheat bran, we help to pull sand out of the gut and we tend to build better bone and better hoof with that. We do have to give a magnesium supplement. That's one of the most important minerals, nutrients for all of us because it gets used up by stress. And I tell you what, living on this planet can be a stressful thing, and horses get that uh, can have a lot of reaction to stress. By supplementing magnesium, I like magnesium citrate because it's more stable in the environment, heat and cold and moisture and things don't break it down so badly. So we use the magnesium citrate.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, we feed it all of the horses different times, and we'll we'll use it when they're having. Um, their bowels are compacted because what you can do is you dose magnesium to bowel tolerance. Yep. So you won't overdose it because the horse will get diarrhea before you have gone too far. And then you just back off. Okay. Yeah. Iron is another important blood building, uh, strengthening mineral, but we want organic iron and we, we want it from a, a nutritional source. So we use nettles, dried nettles to supplement our iron And we do that because we have a a 40-year-old horse with no teeth. (laughs) We have a horse that have been through so many things, and a lot of them need the iron. And we get our micronutrients, all of the very small, minute nutrients, some um, unidentified factors that are necessary to the body. We do that from sea vegetables, and that's like bladderwrack and um, kombu and different things, Um, just the sea vegetables. When I need to supplement potassium, which happens a lot here when they're sweating, or if a horse is having some um, issues, renal issues, kidney or bladder issues, I use cream of tartar. Okay. Cream of tartar is, yep. is a brilliant source of potassium and, you know, very digestible and the sodium that they need, the salt itself. Mm-hmm. We use Himalayan salt crystals, the big rocks made out of um, the mineral-rich Himalayan salt. The zinc and selenium, we'll use pumpkin seeds, the dry green pumpkin seeds. And um, I have a mare with goiter right now, which is an iodine deficiency. And so she has this enlarged thyroid, and um, people were scared of her, they, uh, didn't really want her because of that. But we're helping her with the iodine. We're feeding kelp. Kelp is a really okay. good source of the iodine. Yep. Uh, and so those are kind of the major minerals and We find them as as an important base to supplement. We would rather do that than buy a composite food and feed that something made by a company that maybe has a lot of filler and has a lot of sometimes animal fat and sugar and stuff in it. Those things will make a horse look pretty, but it won't make them healthy.
0: Yep. Yep. I think you're sort of really bringing in the whole non-toxic, the non-toxic thing. You know, you talk about from the environment, emotions, yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about exercise for the horse?
1: This is, this is something so uh, dear to our heart right now. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of horses suffer because they're not moving and their bodies were made to move uh, walking around for 20 hours, you know, in, in a feral wild state. And we had our horses – We've only been able to turn them out, and they sort of cluster and stand in the arena and don't do much, and it's hard with a a sanctuary and all these different horses to get them exercised enough. With our new property, we are putting in a track system, which um, goes around, we're working on it, and it makes a a track that they follow, and they go through different footing and different environments. We have unique little shelters set up where they can get out of any kind of weather, Mm -hmm. and we're starting to build a herd, finding compatibility. But what we found in just the past few months that the horses that we've been able to move down there, we call it Dharma Horse 2, <laughs> and we get them, get them down to Dharma horse 2, and their hooves have improved beyond belief because they're moving constantly. They're pumping that blood, and, and mm-hmm. the hooves are expanding. And, of course, uh, we keep everyone barefoot. It's, we don't think that shoes are the worst thing in the world, but if we can avoid putting on metal. That's what we do. And um, everybody's barefooted and they are healthier. They're muscling up. All the things that were problems, their uh, respiration is better. The exercise has done it. We believe in, uh, we say going walkabout. walk about. We'll take them, uh, walk around the neighborhood just to let them see things in hand, you know, and, and give them variety in their day. Uh, the track system is the amazing thing. And then, Riding and lunging and free lunging, things that, wow, build the cardiovascular system, strengthen the hooves, strengthen the tendons and ligaments. Exercise is, it's hard to say what's most important. It's one of the most important things.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I, I know when horses come to you that, you know, they need some healing. Yes. I mean, that's why you've got them. True. Okay, is the whole, um, the whole thing. You've got a few different healing methods. Tell us about the plant-based methods.
1: Uh, this is our because we we believe in in using nature and using what um, will work on the cause of a disorder, a disease or a, a disorder rather than just suppress the symptoms that makes a human feel better, mm. but we want to address the reason that something has happened. We use herbs to support all the different systems and I'll go through them.
0: <laughs> want
1: me? Yeah. Um, we support the immune system. These are real simple ways that we do it with echinacea herb. And we feed red beets for the endocrine system, for the, the glands, um, and how the whole lymphatic system works. The red beets are like a cleanser. Mm-hmm. We, support, yeah, we support heart health with hawthorn berries. And we make uh, linseed or flaxseed jelly which is a messy thing that we cook, we cook that for lung health. And when a horse is having a problem, if we just make the flaxseed jelly and mix it in a mash, we can heal the lungs with that. We have uh, turmeric we use for joints and we feed those seeds for the the muscles because the seeds like pumpkin seeds, black oil, sunflower and hemp seeds and the like are full of vitamin E and vitamin E is what, the Muscles need it, keeps them healthy and, and helps keep horses from tying up or, or having a zeturia. Yep, we feed, yeah, we feed the kelp for the hooves and we use calendula blossom for skin and burdock root for the liver and uva ursi herb, it's also called bearberry for uh, all the renal system, carrots for eye health. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for their digestion, we feed fenugreek seeds, so we have like. These very basic things, they're very simple, very basic, very tasty and digestible, and the horses are drawn to them, and when we have a horse come in with an issue, like I said, we have, um, her name is Juniper, who came in with a goiter, we just we feed her the kelp. We keep her, i measuring it, and we keep her on the kelp in a, a very kind of conservative and special way, and then it's getting smaller slowly. But the truth is, if it took her three years to develop that goiter, it may take her three years for it to finally re Yes, yes. Okay. But Yeah, but that's how we do it.
0: (laughs) Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And what about your energy-based healing? What do you do there? We've sort of got the um, plant-based, but what about energy-based?
1: Because we also believe that energy is uh, just how we're all feeling, Um, There's the the sense of kinesiology where if you're feeling strong and happy and motivated and you got your mojo, and then someone tells you a story of something tragic, but it tends to take all of that away. It pulls your strength away. Mm -hmm. We believe in that kind of thing, that energy strengthens the body, and we use homeopathy, which uh, is the, the memory of water that takes on the properties, and they are reduced and potentized over period of time in a specific way. And it makes remedies that are, they're old and respected and they work. And we use a lot of homeopathy with these horses and with ourselves as well, because as horse people, we're often using Arnica and some vitamin things because we're getting bruised and we're getting kind of knocked around. And what we find is that by addressing it quickly and kind of rebalancing the energy systems that the body can heal better. The truth is, I tell you, Glennis, it's the body that heals itself. We just have to find a way to support that, to give it what it needs.
0: Okay, okay. What about
1: Reiki? You
0: use that as well?
1: Yeah, we use a lot of Reiki. Um, Reiki is life force energy, and it's a very... um, non-aggressive way of dealing with healing and supporting the health of the bodies, all of the bodies, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spirit bodies. And Reiki can address all of them. And what I find that horses are very um, easy to absorb and appreciate and be drawn to it. It's really just focused in tension. Mm-hmm. And in Reiki, there's there's symbols. There's symbols that we learn when we become uh, Reiki two, Reiki level two. And the symbols can be used amazingly, like um, specific symbols that you can use to release tension in the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. So horses having trouble with a bridle, a bit or a bitless bridle, or the face, by putting the symbols on the horse with your hands and and then putting the Reiki there, you can help the horse to release all of that, the energy shifts inside and we do it on their hooves, a lot of Reiki on hooves, a lot of mm-hmm. horses that came badly foundered. And that's been a, a particularly useful thing. And we'll even, even put the symbols on the stable yard and over their food. There's uh, one that purifies and then one that energizes mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll purify, then energize it. And then I believe in my heart that the food is then, Kind of purified. Yes. When I was young, I was ta- yeah, I was taught that. Like if uh, you're in a restaurant and a chef is angry that he put he accidentally puts his anger in the food when he's okay. cooking it.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And then yep. When, when the f- yeah, the f- food would come to me, I would always. My mom was an unusual and wonderful woman, but she taught us to just shift the energy to make you know over the food so that it takes away anything that was aggressive or someone was sad or anything that you're not eating those mm-hmm. emotions. Well, we're fixing that food for the horses all the time. <laughs> um, Mark, Mark does that. He has a cottage. His little, um, he's kind of an alchemist in there, and he creates all of their wonderful mixes for each individual, and then we can put the the Reiki energy with it to enhance, to just focus the intention and help with their healing on those levels.
0: Okay. It's precious. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about now you do handling because, you know, again, horses come in that may have had some sort of damage handling and you've got a spiral method. Tell us a bit about the spiral method.
1: This is this is very cool and I found it useful with all the horses, whether I was back when I was eventing and riding the real dressage um, and competitive, it was still something that, developed and that I used and that we use now, even though nothing about us is competitive anymore, a horse has a comfort zone that's kind of a, a specific distance from something that's uh, that's worrisome or new, mm-hmm. and it's unique to each horse where that comfort zone is on things, and as the horse nears something that's that's kind of a worry, he yes. enters into his safe zone so the spiral comes from that comfort to the safe zone and that's the safe zone is where he's like more aware and he's responding to that object or that that new thing or that scary thing and as he gets even closer he becomes reactive he's responsive then he gets reactive and he enters a flight zone where instinct tells him to be hyper vigilant and so if you're working with a horse and you begin to feel as you're coming, you know, you want to work towards something, you go from comfort to safe zone. He starts to get worried, you go back out a little bit, you spiral back out to that comfort zone, and you you help him through that. It's the the looping and introduction. Those are the ways in which we can calmly bring a horse toward a feared object or a situation on the large circle, staying in that comfort zone. spiral inward. We keep ourselves on the side toward the object to start with, and then he feels like we're there kind of uh, supporting. Mm -hmm. And then the moment we sense sense any tension, we'll spiral out. Then as we near the comfort, back and forth as needed, the introduction to that new thing creates a confidence as the horse feels that he can retreat if he needs to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he learns to trust that we will not face him into something that will cause him harm. That means we have to make sure we don't take him to something that actually yes. does hurt him. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. And that um we and when we're working with the horse, we don't want to have an agenda. I need to rush the horse. See our very relaxed nature and that slow, deep breathing will signal our benevolent intention. And that helps the horse begin to take his spiral. Everything within it becomes that comfort zone. He no longer feels that need to to have flight. And that's our whole philosophy. We have a a circle of understanding where we go, um, there's four quadrants. There's ask, listen, direct, and support. And we can go from any of them to the other, but we have to remember all of them. We don't just ask constantly of the horse we need to listen to the horse and when we are requiring something we we need to direct them we need to be clear and consistent so the horse knows exactly what we're asking yep and if there's any confusion we come back and we listen what is he confused about then we direct and then finally when we're we're working through all these things we want to support which means to uh reward every effort anything that the horse is doing, to try to cooperate and be a part of things with us, it needs to be acknowledged. People tend to always tell them when they're wrong, and people forget to tell them when they're right. Yes, mm, mm,
0: mm. such an important part of that circle.
1: What about, I'm thinking
0: again of the handling, how do you use your roots and branches? You know, you've got, you use that, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, that concept of roots and branches, uh, my mom used to always say, uh when you ride, put your attention up above your head, put it up in the sky, up like the branches of a tree, you know, okay. keep yourself tall. Okay. You yes. know, put that. Yep. And that that was a, a big part of just reminding myself to not collapse and to be on um, shallow breath, uh, heavy on the horse, a burden to the horse to lift upward. And when you think of the horse, you think of the roots and the horse beneath you as a a part of the earth, a connection, you know, to all that's um, flowing and energetic and and consistent. Earth, you think of it as being, you know, really grounded. You pull that horse, you pull into you and lift, and you both are up higher. And that that sense of you connect the two, you connect the roots of the horse, the branches of yourself, and you become this one being. It becomes more of a dance than a submission. I don't like the word submission. I don't like the word control. I think that as soon as a horse becomes sort of flooded and uh, unable to cope with what's going on and he shuts down, becomes zombie like, he may really seem like he's cooperating, but what he's done is he's given up. Mm. He's given up on, on life and, you know, he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't doesn't offer anything. He just goes through the motions. We've seen a lot of horses like that. And some of them we haven't been able to pull out of it. And people are just thrilled. They're bomb-proof. They're, oh, they're just the perfect little, uh, what's the word that they use? They call them push-button horses. Um, to us, what they've become is an automaton. And then they have stayed um, in stasis. They are No longer participating. And so, what we like to do is to bring horses to a situation where we listen to what they feel about the situation. If we can have no agenda, no, you know, absolute horse has to accomplish this within this only hour that we have with him, but rather we say, How can we do better than we did yesterday or better than we did this morning? And we seek any little bit of offering and just make a deal out of it. The horse learns that he will give more to us. He will be willing to offer. If the only thing he's doing is trying to avoid some kind of punishment or, you know, please us by not expressing himself, then it's really a relationship anymore And that's a hard one for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's been quite a lot of study into that whole learned helplessness model. And um, it is something that we need to, to respect with the horse. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, the truth yeah yeah
0: so Catherine it's great the knowledge the information you've given us about caring for and handling your horses and I think you're all about that you know empowering owners soothing the horses and using compassion and understanding to do that and I think if people need to find out a bit more about you and about Dharma Horse um the whole sanctuary what's the best way they can contact you
1: They can find everything about us on the website, which Mm -hmm. is dharmahorse.org. Yep. And we're we're updating so much now because of the second facility, the new um, facility and and the things that we're doing. Mm. And we're it we're beginning to compose all of our code of conduct, our um, like our constitution about what we believe and what we have discovered and compiled into this this methodology because really the simplicity of it is what I like. And while I think people like complicated things for themselves and they like to to entertain themselves in a thousand different ways, horses respond to the simplicity and not just in their, minds and the training and that sort of thing. Um, like when you're training and, and something's not going right, then you go to less severe equipment. You If if you're jumping, you lower the jump to make things go better. If something's going wrong at the candor, you go back to the trot. You simplify and you will get results mm-hmm. that, that horses like that. And if we can find our way into that, this methodology actually makes it all a lot more fun because we do, we'll have success. And then we're not having so many vet bills and having so many problems and we're supporting every level on every level. We're supporting that horse and the relationship. So on the website, dharmhorse.org, we will be having, um, more of the information about how we use the herbs, and we simplify the use of the herbs. You don't need to buy a bag of um, you know 24 different herbs in one combination that's going to support this. The more you simplify it, the more you address an exact, specific problem, mm. then the healing begins because the horse's body knows how to heal itself.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good. That's good, Catherine. All right, we're looking forward to um, chatting with you again, but thanks for your time today. And, um, you know, if people need to contact you a bit more about, particularly herbs for their horse, they can contact you. And those details will also be on the bottom of the chat. So if you just go to horsechats.com and search for Catherine, you'll find that. It's with a K, so K-A-T-H, and that's A R I N E, and uh, you'll find those details. So thanks again, Catherine. Well, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe.